Go. Are you, do you need a minute? Go. Okay. Welcome to the Halloween episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our surprise Halloween episode. Ooh, Halloween. Ah. Despite Daniel's amazing enthusiasm, <laughs> we are very excited that it's Halloween. Uh, I have some candy with me today to help get into the Halloween spirit. Of eating sweets and getting fatter, possibly contracting diabetes. Isn't that what Halloween's about? I guess you're right. Just eating a lot of candy, dressing yeah. up. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I thought so. But then we, we're not forgetting me. about an entire, the, the whole point of Halloween. No, um, not at it's, all. It's just candy. Just candy. And, and costumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. Anyways. We come to you today outside our regularly, regularly, regularly scheduled programming. Program <laughs> to give you our special Halloween episode. Woo! We got a Halloween related story today. Yes, I don't. It's going to make you want to check your candy. That's for that's sure. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was younger, when I start, first started hearing about people spiking candies, it was like the most terrifying thing ever. I was like uh, overanalyzing all the wrappers to see if there were any holes or anything, like tiny little holes that maybe a needle can just point into and stab into one of my chocolates. That's a, that's a scary thought. That's, that's a, a very scary, scary thought, thought. That people can just spike your kid's candy. You got you got to inspect the candy, or that that's not gonna, it's not gonna be good if it, it if it does happen to, happen to one of your kids. Yes. So you gotta so be aware. Just a PSA: check the candies and of that, your children and yourself if you're going trick or treating. Mm-hmm. And this story is an example of why you should do that. Not that Daniel would know or anything, cause it, it, yeah, what? No, it's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll still say things about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I don't have to this is our surprise. take two of this because yeah. the program did not pick up anything. Yep. It, I don't know what happened, but it did not record. At the very end, it was like, error. Nope. So now we're, we got to go again. We're back to do it again for y'all. Yep. And uh, we're going to talk about, if you remember, the case of the man who killed Halloween. Right. Yeah. I don't know why it's... I still don't know why it's called that, though. (laughs) Because I forgot to tell you something yesterday. Oh, no. Okay. Are you going to tell me later, then? I'll tell you later. Okay, okay. So, for this story, we travel back to Halloween Halloween night in 1974 in a small town of Deer Park, Texas. There lived Timothy Mark O'Brien. He was an eight-year-old boy... He was son, the son of an eye doctor, Ronald Clark O'Brien, and Daneen O'Brien. Timothy had one sibling, a little sister who was five years old. Her name is Elizabeth. As a group, after dinner, Ronald and their neighbor, Jim Bates, took their ch- children trick-or-treating in the neighborhoods near their home. Ronald is the one that would go up to the door with the children, and Jim, the other father, would stay on the sidewalk waiting for the children to return. Mm. So there was always a parent on one side of them. Oh, okay. 
one of the homes that Ronald and the children approached had its lights off. And I, when I was little, that would signify, like, there's no candy there. Yeah, you, we, we never went to any houses yeah. that had their lights off. If there's no candy there, go somewhere else. But yeah. Maybe it was different. Maybe they just thought, maybe they just forgot to turn on their lights. Yeah. Because that's early enough in the day. Mm-hmm. So they run up to the store, and no one answers. Obviously. Obviously. There is no answer at the door. Wait, I just said that, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. You did. So we're, we're, at... we're repeating ourselves today. That's okay. Yeah, we're repeating Short, ourselves. Short-term memory loss. Maybe. These are the upbringings of some sort of dementia. Oh, no. Yeah. Let's not uh, talk. I don't want early onset dementia. I'm too young for that. Yeah, well, well, you, you might want to get that looked at. Okay, maybe I should. Uh, maybe I should talk to my therapist. About yeah, maybe maybe you should bring that up in your next therapy, your next therapy <laughs> session. Yeah, I just forgot what I what I had just said, said. so I said it again. <laughs> Three seconds prior. Oh my gosh. So I'm gonna say it again. There's no answer on the door. Dang it! It's even worse than we thought. Rather than the children wait any longer, they they ran off back to Jim. They left Ronald behind. But just a little bit after they left the door, Ronald caught up to the group with good news. Someone actually did open the door and gave him five pieces of candy to, to him to give to the children in the group. He gave each of the ch- children... One big pixie stick, you know, the tubes with flavored mm-hmm. sugar. Right. For those mm-hmm. that have never had a pixie stick. These right. are like the 22-inch ones. They're very big. I've never seen a 22-inch one before. That sounds absolutely giant. The ones I've had were like six inches long. I feel like 22 inches, that might be too much sugar to give a child. I think so. I think so. And they they aren't eating and they aren't eating the pixie sticks the way I did. <laughs> yeah, I don't, can you tell everyone how you eat pixie sticks? N- not anymore. But when I was a kid, I would just I would just instead of like ripping it open and just letting all the powder go into my mouth, I would just bite off the pixie stick one inch at a time and just chew on the paper with the powder, because then it's just like it's flavored paper. I don't remember. I remember swallowing a, a little bit of paper. <laughs> if I'm being honest, when I was younger, I may have eaten a lot of paper from those pixie sticks. I was about to say, did you spit them out by, like, spitballs, or did you eat the paper as well? Nah, I think I ate the paper. That was just the kind of kid I was, okay, I guess. But I, I used to chew on, I used to, like, suck on rocks, so. I think every child eat dirt or something yeah something like so that here's a giant pixie stick oh dang these are long so instead of paper they're made out of plastic and if you can see at the end it's just sealed mm, i see yeah well those still look like paper to me no it's plastic still looks like the paper uh the paper covering in the six inch ones I don't know if they've changed the design because they still sell giant pixie sticks. But, oh, wait, what? 
Doing a little bit of research, guys. Hold on. Hang in there. Pixie sticks are discontinued? Oh. Maybe because people were spiking them. Or maybe because they're just straight sugar. because they're straight sugar. <laughs> maybe parents were like... Kids keep eating like, the paper. <laughs> that too. They're like, our kids are eating the paper instead of the sugar? Question mark? <laughs> Help children keep eating the paper of pixie sticks? Well, if pixie sticks are... Are they seriously not around? Giant pixie sticks have been discontinued. Uh, okay. Fair. So they no longer sell the them. giant ones. The six inch ones, yes. But this is a pack of them. And, and they're definitely plastic. They still have like the same design as the paper one, though. Oh, yeah. They have the same like pattern. It's hard, it's hard to tell the difference between. Yeah. Anyways, back to the story, Rachel. All right. Okay. Oh, cow. Back to. Go on that rant last time. Yeah, we did not. <laughs> to be fair, I think we were both tired last night. Yeah, we were real tired. It was like 12 a.m. We were ready, or I was ready to go to bed. I was done with it. Me too. Start the story. Ah! it. Okay, so he received five pixie sticks. Mm-hmm. There's four children in the group. So after handing it out to the people in the group, there was one left over, and he kept a hold of it while they were going to the other houses. Okay. They hit about two streets before they went home because of the rain. Okay. And before Timothy went to bed, his father told him he could have one special treat before going to sleep. Yummy, yummy. Ronald encouraged his son to try the giant pixie stick that they got. Right, as you do. Big, long, 22-inch. I already had the story memorized at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we already we already covered that part. Um, and as you know, the wow. sugar was clumped in the straw. Yeah, don't trust clumpy sugar. And the only reason why sugar would be clumped in the straw is if it got wet and then dried, right? Mm-hmm. In my personal experience. Right. Yeah. So Ronald helped his son and I guess declumped the sugar and handed it back to him. Right. Timothy tried some and then immediately complained, saying that it tasted very bitter. Yeah, sugar should not taste bitter. That's for sure. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're tasting sugar and it's bitter, maybe you should go get that checked out. But also, don't trust clumpy sugar, because why would it be clumpy if it was in, still in the Pixie Sticks that, container? That, that too. So his so Ronald got his son some Kool-Aid to help wash the bitter taste away. Very soon after, Ronald called an ambulance for his son after he complained about intense stomach aches and started vomiting. Oh dear. Luckily, the ambulance wasn't that far away. It took about two or three minutes to get to their house. And luckily, Timothy passed away on the way to the hospital. Investigators wanted to conclude what happened as fast as possible. Right. Because it's Halloween. And it's yeah. looking like a child was poisoned with candy. Mm-hmm. That's not a good sign on Halloween. Yeah, and you, you gotta you gotta figure it out that out fast. So very fast. Other before. kids don't eat it. Yes. So the investigators called Dr. Joseph A. 
Try try your fifth attempt, Rachel. Go ahead. Jack Mystic? Yeah. I feel like every single like time I say it, I either get closer or You get or a farther. little closer. It's spelled J-A-C-I-M-C-Z-Y-K. So you guys can go ahead and try that pronunciation. But that's what I'm going to say. The chief, he was the chief medical examiner in a nearby, nearby county. He suggested they smell the lingering breath of Timothy. When they did this, they detected the scent of almonds coming from his mouth. From this, the doctor hypothesi- hypothesized that it could be cyanide poisoning, which leaves the almond scent in the mouth of victims. And an autopsy soon proved his theory. Pathologists said, said that Timothy had consumed enough cyanide to kill two or three grown adults. You guys, you don't need that much cyanide to kill anyone. It's very lethal. Yeah, that's not a lot. Pretty scary stuff. And isn't it like at the pit of cherries? It's like that. Apple seeds have trace cyanide in them. I don't know about yeah. cherries, but apple oh, seeds, I thought it was like the pit of cherries as well. They might, it might, but I know that apple seeds have cyanide in them. That's why you're not supposed to eat. Apple seeds. So, like, an unknowing animal who just go- comes across a, a wild cherry or an apple and just tries to eat the whole thing unknowingly could die because of the cyanide within the pits. Animal, probably. I know if a human ate, like, some seeds, it would take a lot of apple seeds to kill a human. But yeah. a small animal, maybe? I'm but like, sure. But, like, the pit of a cherry has a lot more cyanide in it than, it, than apples do. I've never heard that heads of cherries have cyanide so maybe i'm but I pretty don't sure an, they do i think an animal would only want the sweetness and when i try to eat the pit of a cherry mm. but like an animal with like a really strong jaw would unknowingly just bite bite the cherry and just start chewing like on it and a like fever? and like break open the seed unknowingly hmm. I, don't, I don't know if there's any reported deaths of animal i don't know if anyone pays attention maybe but but like but like if if someone didn't know about that and they gave it to their pet or something. Oh yeah, that would be very sad. That would be very tragic. That would be absolutely sad. It's crazy how something so small can wipe out so many people. Yeah, I think cyanide. I said this earlier, but I think cyanide is like a glass polishing tool or something. Or like you said, like gold polishing. Gold. Did I say glass? Just barely. Gold. Yeah. Gold. Because later on, the culprit said that he was looking for some cyanide to clean some gold in his office or something. Something in his office. Something like that. I I don't don't think we invented it, though. Because it's like a natural thing, right? So they probably just came across it and was like, oh. This is really good at cleaning. Yeah, this is good at polishing. Stuff like that. So that's why it became like... And then they learned that it was also could have been used for lethal alternatives. alternatives. Um, like we said, it doesn't take very much, but each pixie stick, the top two inches have been replaced with cyanide. That's crazy. So that's a lot of cyanide. Yeah. And then it was re-stapled to reseal the package after the switch. There were staples in it. Yes, there's staples at the end. Yeah, he didn't even try to hide it. No. Which, 
So I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad day thing, but nowadays you can buy like a thermal melter so you can melt plastic. And if someone is sick enough to do it, they could seal plastic. Right. They shut. could get the plastic back yep. where it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's scary. So be real careful, guys. It's a scary world out there. Luckily for the other individuals that retrieved the pixie sticks, they were the police were able to get them before anyone else consumed of the poison. That's good. Those who they were retrieved from include the two children of Jim. One of Jim's children barely escaped the same fate as Timothy as he was found in his bed with the pixie stick in his hand. He had fallen asleep after he was unable to undo the staples in the candy. Dang, that was close. So, fate was looked kindly on him. Yeah, fate was, was on his side, for yeah. sure. It was very close. The other, another close victim was Whitney Parker. He's a child that Ronald gave the one remaining pixie stick Two after he knocked on their door later that night. He narrowly escaped his fate as well because Whitney was cutting open his pixie stick when his father told him it was time for bed and that he couldn't have any more sugar. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, I don't have kids, but I would be terrified if the next morning the police officer knocked on my door looking for that pixie stick and did tests and I was like, oh yeah, uh, two inches of cyanide was in it, you know? Holy yeah. cow. His son almost, oh gosh, I just can't even imagine it. Uh, when I have kids, I'm definitely, I'll take them trick-or-treating because that's always fun. Right. But maybe, just maybe, I might go buy a bag of candy and just replace Yeah, and just like replace bag. it with the stuff that they got. Yep. You ain't eating anything that we don't buy. Yeah. That's that's the way it should we should go about it. That might be what I have to do. I'm not going to lie cuz this is terrifying to me. Another almost victim was David Malone. He it was Post an, Malone. Sorry. Post Malone. My bad. Close. David. <laughs> <laughs> he was an EMT with the ambulance. Maybe and, they're related or something. Maybe. That would be cool. Like this like is like his like his uh, maybe David is like his dad. dad. Yeah, it's that yeah, close. That'd be crazy. Yeah, and we just didn't know this entire time. Post Malone's dad was at EMC <laughs> with the ambulance and was prepared to give Tim mouth to mouth if need be. If he would have done this, he would have ingested enough cyanide to kill him as well. Dang, and so, then we wouldn't have had Post Malone. We wouldn't have had Post Malone. That's so. sad. Very close. Fate almost took him away as well. The next morning, the police had Ronald take them back to the neighborhood that the group had gone trick-or-treating so he could show them where he had gotten the pixie sticks from. But, Daniel, you know how Halloween is. There's a lot of kids. Yeah, a lot lot of stuff going on. Bright lights. It's dark. There's some decorations. Sometimes you just just get distracted. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was just stumped. Ronald could not recognize that house that he got the pixie sticks from that, that's rough he said he didn't even see the person's face that they had emerged from the doorway 
handed him the candy, and then left in the dark. Later, he changed his story and said that an arm just reached from reached out from behind the crack door, handing him the candy. Because that's that's cool. Yeah. I'd take that candy, sure. He's, he's going around in circles with these... Stories? With these explanations. Yeah. Get it? Circles? The Post Malone song? <laughs> I didn't get it until you said it. I'm going to have to fi- find more Post Malone puns. Apparently keep, we keep will. this keep this uh, interesting for us. That's the only mention of David, by the way. <laughs> so you might uh, might struggle with that one. I wonder um, if he's still alive. Huh? I wonder if he's still alive. Somewhere out there. Hey Alexa, who's Post Malone's dad? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> so a few days after that went by, and the police were still stumped. They're growing increasingly frustrated, so Ronald, they had Ronald yet again take them out. This time they were a lot more firm. And why would you know it, Daniel? What would you know it? Ronald miraculously remembered what house he got the candy from and led them straight Let's to the go, door. Ronald. I wouldn't cheer for Ronald just yet, personally. Okay. <laughs> the house was empty. So they went to the owner's place of business, the William Hobby P. Airport, and arrested this gentleman in front of all of his co-workers. Yeah, get him. So this is where we would cheer if he wasn't innocent. Get get, get him. No. (laughs) Because this gentleman had an airtight alibi that night. Because he was working, and all his colleagues saw him and confirmed this. His wife and daughter, though, were at home handing out candy, and they turned off the lights when they ran out. Mm. So if they were out of candy, it wouldn't make sense that they handed Ronald pixie sticks, right? Yeah. So that's not looking great. Meanwhile... After Timothy's funeral, relatives report that Ronald was quite upset with them because they would not stay up the night of the funeral to watch the broadcast of a recording of a performance that Ronald had gave during the funeral. Apparently, it was a song that he had wrote about Jesus and Timothy joining the Lord in heaven. Ronald also said the following about Timothy at the service. He said, He was all boy. He loved football, basketball, anything. He never met a stranger. But I have my peace in knowing Tim is in heaven now. Deer Park Police Lieutenant Bess said, I was always looking for his emotions. He seemed too cool, calm, and collected for a parent who had just lost a child. And this is where it goes downhill. Yeah. You never know how someone's going to grieve, but it's definitely not looking great for Ronald. Because detectives soon discovered that in January of that same year, the parents had taken out life insurance policies on both their children. $10,000 per child. That is steep. Steep. Especially Uh, for 50 years ago. Especially for 50 years ago. I don't know. I didn't search what that would be in today's currency, but probably... Probably a lot of money. A lot of money. 
this was against Danine's uh, insistence that they don't need to spend the money on a life insurance policy. They were already struggling for money. Their kids were young. Like, nothing's gonna happen to them. But Ronald insisted, so they did. They got the insurance policy for 10000 per child. But a month before Halloween, Halloween, Ronald decided to up the premium to $2,000 for each child. Because unknown, unknown to friends of Ronald, he owed debts of over $100,000. That's a lot of money. That's definitely quite a Ooh, bit. Ooh, Ronald! You get that debt. You get that debt? We're cheering for <laughs> debt now? Okay. And then, not looking great, at 9 a.m. the morning after Timothy's death certificate was granted... Ronald had called the insurance company to talk about the payout. Not exactly something a grieving parent would do, in yeah. my opinion. When police questioned Deneen to ask about the life insurance policies, she had no clue about the increase. According to police, police sergeant, she broke down and said, Oh my god. We didn't even need to tell her at that point that we thought he had poisoned their son. At this point, the police searched the O'Brien home, where they found scissors with plastic residue that is similar to the plastic that the pixies, the giant pixie sticks used. At this time, O'Brien was arrested for the murder of his son. Woo! Robert! Go to prison. Let's go. I'm sorry. Who's Woo! Robert? Wait, what's his name? Roger? Ronald. Ronald. That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, that was my my second guess. My third guess. Yeah, your third guess. You were pretty <laughs> close. I'll give it to you. <laughs> I'm almost there. <laughs> Woo! Prison time. Let's go, Ronald. But at this time, DNA testing was not practiced. Right. And police couldn't put the pixie sticks in Ronald's hands other than when he handed them to the children. Mm-hmm. So, they also couldn't prove that he bought cyanide at all. Because of no proof, Ronald never admit admitted guilt. Never admitted guilt. He entered a not guilty plea, and both him and his defense team blamed the taint and candy on an untraceable, unprovable boogeyman. Because even before this, people were worried about poison candy or right mm -hmm. things being in their children's candy. But it wasn't like, it was like Boogeyman. Not real, you know? Fortunately for us, despite no physical proof that he switched to cyanide or ever bought cyanide, friends, family, and coworkers all tested against the man that the press had now deemed the Candyman. Even his wife testified against him. These testified, these testimonies definitely did not paint Ronald in a very good light. Yeah, definitely not. Not a good sign when your own wife is against you. Yes. Ah! Go, I am proud of the wife though, because she testified on stand. She's like, my husband increased the 
life insurance policies that mm-hmm. he insisted on without my knowledge. And then less than a month later, my son is dead. Right. Uh, very sad. Uh, but she was very strong on the stand. Jim Bates, the neighbor that went trick-or-treating with them, also testified that when Ronald came back from the house with the pixie sticks that he claimed to have gotten from the people in the house, he said, you've got rich neighbors, look what they are giving out. But Jim testified that he didn't see anyone other than Ronald, and he didn't see the door open at all. Not looking too good. Soon people came forward that he had questioned a professor at a community college about the lethality of various poisons. An employee at a chemical supply business recalled that a man entered the sales area before closing in the October month, asking if they stock cyanide, saying he wants to use it to clean his office. Kind of like I was saying before. The culprit potentially asked for cyanide. After learning the amount he could get, he left not purchasing anything. But the employee couldn't identify Ronald. He only recalled that the man was wearing a blue or beige smock like a doctor, which is, which is exactly what Ronald wore to work. On June 3rd, hey, that's two days before Dad's birthday. That is. 1975. It took a jury 46 minutes to return with a guilty verdict for one charge of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder because Ronald figured if I hand the candy out to more than my family, my kids, it would look like an accident. Like there's a really, really a boogeyman. So that was his intention. He wanted it to look like there was a boogeyman out. But this did not work because he was, because an hour later, he was sentenced to be executed by the electric chair. For nearly a decade after his verdict, Ronald explored many appeals, but each one was turned down. During that decade, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the electric chair was cruel, 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 cruel and unusual punishment. Thank you. You're welcome. And then it wasn't until 11 years after his death sentence on March 31st, 1984, that he was put to death for his crime by lethal injection. So I have his last statement here, and this is what it says. What is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs. Yet, doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I would, ref- I would forgive all who have taken part in any way in my death, Also, to anyone I have offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask your forgiveness, just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way, and I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us respectfully as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my undying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts I love you one and all. God bless you all, and may God's best blessings be always yours. And then he had left the note in this statement saying, P.S. During my time here, I have been treated well by all TDC personnel, which is the state penitentiary personnel. Outside 
the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville, where his execution took place, a crowd of 300 people gathered to be there when he met his end. They were reportedly shouting, trick or treat, and throwing candy at anti-death penalty protesters. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> how do you feel about that? I don't know. They're they're obviously uh, for the death penalty, right? Yeah. So that they're against this guy, which I mean, I kind of I, I I get where they're coming from, and the throwing candy as like a because he's the candy man and he had all the, it's like to mock him in some sort of way. Okay. And I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Is If that's what they're doing, I would agree with that. So, obviously, this case still haunts many, and it's caused a lot more widespread terror about actually checking your kid's candy. But this case still haunts many that were there at the time. So, I just have a... So yeah, explain explain why this guy or how this guy killed Halloween because I'm still okay, a little confused. I'm getting into that right now. So I don't know if I said the detective's name, but the detective's name was Mike Hinton. Mike. Hinton. Oh no, sorry, not the detective. He was the oh. district attorney, so he was assigned to prosecute Ronald. Mm. His name is Mike Hinton. And he reports that, this is messed up, but he reports that in the near empty courtroom during the trial before he was given the death penalty, Ronald turned to Mike, the district attorney, and offered him a Tootsie Roll. It didn't have anything in it, but it's kind of morbid, right? (laughs) Yeah. On March 31st, 1984, the day of the execution, Hinton, the district attorney, returned to his childhood home in Amarillo, Texas. Okay. Do you remember that? Right, 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 yeah. right. Wait, what, what was that from? Amarillo, Texas. That's where um, Stephen lived before he moved to Utah in the disappeared case. Right, 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 right. So, Hinton returned to his childhood home in Amarillo, Texas, took a boat out on the lake, and lifted a Miller's beer in silent celebration as he floated into the darkness, knowing that Ronald had been put to death. So that's how he celebrated. Isn't it crazy how all our podcast episodes just link together They link together! I don't know how I do it. How do you do that? Like, know. one right after the other. This guy g- grows up in Ar- Amaria, Texas. And then the next case you bring up that has to deal with Halloween also has a character that grows up in Amaria, Texas. Yep. Like, what? So I have a c- couple more things that I uh, looked up last night so I could try to surprise you a little bit more because you already knew everything. Mm-hmm. So there was an anchorman... For a television station in Augusta, the anchorman reported that to this day, he still doesn't observe Halloween. 
He has kept the porch light off his home and refused to answer the door during Halloween. I don't blame him. Because he says, oh, so when the station has its, like, annual Halloween party, he'll slip out because he will tell himself, I can't do this again. Yeah. Which is very sad. Like, it hit a lot of people. Yeah. It was a scary time. Marvin... Tigu, I think is Teague? I think Teague. Marvin Teague was O'Brien's lawyer. And he during the trial, he said his opening sentence was, as you know, my c- client was convicted of killing Halloween. I see. And that's where we get the man who killed Halloween. I still understand what he, why you mean what he means. So he was trying to say, "Oh, my client is in jail because he killed Halloween." So he's trying to mitigate the crime and make I it like a joke, see. so it doesn't okay. seem as serious to the jury to try to like play with their minds a little right. bit. And he and he killed Halloween in a sense that everyone is scared is scared to do Halloween because they don't exactly. know if the treats are. He killed Halloween in this town. That makes sense. Yes. It makes sense, but it's so sad. Yeah, that is kind of morbid. And they all lived happily ever after, kind of, the end. I do have a few other things to say. Ronald, even to the day that he died, he never admitted guilt. Mm -hmm. He maintained his innocence, even with the guilty verdict. And despite how many... Like, memes are now day. Like, oh, look what I found in my kid's candy bar. Like, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a lot of memes going around where it's like, look what I found in my kid's candy bar. And it's like, Photoshop, like a singer in there. Or Photoshop, like, things that wouldn't be yeah, right. possible to fit in a candy. But it's a huge fear. But despite this, no other child has died from tampered candy. Really? Not that I can find. No child other than Timothy has died from tampered candy. Like, ever? Ever. Since the 1970s? Yeah. What? Nope. No cases I found. No one had ever died. I feel like that can't be true. Like, no kid has ever died since the 70s? How many people have died from tampered Halloween candy? So, my bad. There has been, no, there's only been one. There's two reported cases of deaths, but one is that, this is really messed up. So, parents, parents do better, guys, but a family, their young son got into a heroin stash in the house, so they planted a tampered with candy bar that had heroin in it. So it would look like he ate a tampered with candy and didn't get into a heroin stash that they were having in his house. Oh my god! So technically, the candy was tampered, mm-hmm. but that's not what killed him. Yeah. There is cases oh of tampered candy. There's a case of J- uh, two in 2000. James Joseph Smith in Minneapolis was charged with one count of alterating a substance with intent to cause death, harm, or illness. 
after he put needles into candy bars and handed them out. One child was pricked with a needle when he bit into the candy, but neither he nor any of the children were seriously injured. So no one died from that. That's good. I did hear about the needle thing when I was growing up, because that's what I, yeah. I thought spiking meant, and I was terrified that I would eat some needles. Me too. I always would break my candy bar in half. Yeah. Just <laughs> before check. eating it. Um, but that's nice to know that it's not as common as yes. people think. So, don't. Obviously, still check your candy. Yeah, still check your candy. But there's all. It's a big, huge fear, and it's. A lot of articles I read were like, it's an urban myth, but like it does happen, so be careful. But really, it's crazy only two people that have people died. Are still like fearful yeah. of it and the people have that have died died because of their parent one mm-hmm. of their parents it wasn't a stranger yeah and it's always like the boogeyman the unknown stranger is right. gonna do it uh there is another incident of tainted candy tainted i say in quote well candy i say in quotation marks in this case no children were um harmed that's good. But in 1964, in New York... That was before the 70s. That was before this case. Yeah. So this is probably what started the fear. Mm. But then the whole fear of, oh, someone can actually die from tampered candy... Yeah. ...probably happened after that. Because in New York, Helen Feel was ir- irritated at the idea of handing out free candy to older kids... So she gave out packages of steel wool, steel wool pads, dog biscuits, poison and poison ant buttons. Although she made it clear that her goodies were inedible, she was charged with endangering children because she was giving young children yeah. poisonous well, that's a terrible things. Terrible idea. Very terrible idea. Okay. Also, that's kind of stuck up. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't want to... I hate the idea of giving candy to... So I'm going to give them inedible things and hope they don't eat it. Do you remember at the parade when we were younger? Yeah. Someone threw bags of, like, cat treats out? Oh, yeah. It was, like, cat food. Yeah. And I I thought it was, like, chips or something. And I was young. I can't read. Yeah. And I hand it to Mom. I'm like, Mom, can you open this for me? And she opens it and she hands it back because... They're not, parents, this wasn't a thing. Yeah. And so they hand it back to me and I eat a piece and I'm like, this doesn't taste right. (laughs) And mom takes it and she's like, this is cat food. And I cried. (laughs) I cried because I said, and I quote, I don't want to turn into a cat. Or something like that. (laughs) So like, I guess people hand out non-things. I remember laughing. I remember being laughed at a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That was me. Thanks. That person who was laughing at you, that was me. So (laughs) Helen went to the mental hospital for a checkup after she did this. That's good. And then like I said... Why would you be stuck up against giving bigger kids candy? Like wh- She was a Karen, that's why. She had a definite Karen, bro. Like, <laughs> if you don't want to hand out candy, turn your light off. Don't, yeah, don't, don't answer the door. Off. Don't answer the door. If, if an adult came in to my front doorstep... With with a with a sick costume on, I would give him a I would give him a candy. 
kidding me? They still put effort into getting that costume? Come on. Adults can have fun, too. Uh, you know how I was saying about the heroin thing? Mm-hmm. So this is this case. In 1970, family members sprinkled a five-year-old child's candy with heroin to hide the fact that he'd gotten into his uncle's drug stash. Is this another case? So no, this is the same heroin st- oh, case. Okay. It's just, it was the uncle's instead of the father's and I gave it a year. And then in 1982 is when the candy tampering scare reached its height. When seven people in Chicago died after taking tainted cyanide lace Tylenol capsules. And this was in the 60s? 1982. 1982. So this was another tampering candy thing. Well, this was Tylenol, but it's like what got it more high scale fear. Oh, so like this wasn't in candy? This wasn't candy. This was cyanide lace Tylenol. Was it in Halloween? Why uh, would you give Tylenol for trick-or-treaters? No, it, it, seven people died, but it wasn't trick or They weren't handing it out to trick-or-treaters. Oh, so it but wasn't this is even what, like a candy thing. This is what the, uh, this is when the candy tampering scare reached his, its height. Mm. Because they're like, oh, it can get anywhere. Yeah, it can be anywhere. Um, and then actually 40 communities in Chicago banned trick-or-treating that year. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, at least they're taking the steps. Oh, like, yeah, the they're taking the steps. Because that year... I they feel can't... like they don't take precautions nowadays. They really don't. But they did, because that year, the candy industry set up a telephone hotline to collect police reports of candy tampering. So they could recall if needed. But it hasn't... That hotline has not received a single verified report of a child being seriously hurt by tainted candy from a stranger. Because it's always the parents or the family members. Yeah, that's weird, dude. So, Why would you do that? I guess also check the candy that your uncle gives your kid. Yeah. Okay. So... That, that's all I got on that. That's just a huge PSA of be careful out there. It's not... Check your candy. It's not common, but you don't want... I still check your you candy. You don't want to be the next case of something happening. Yeah. So please be safe out there on Halloween night. I hope I didn't discourage uh, the fun of today and trick-or-treating. Yeah. And I hope everyone has a happy, happy Halloween. Yeah, have a happy Halloween. We're, we're going to have a, a great time just chilling. Watching, eating store-bought candy. Eating store-bought candy, watching horror movies. We, we got uh, a clown-themed costume sort of going on oh, in yes. the house, so that's pretty nice. We got a clown dog costume. Oh, and... We're going to have a lot of fun. If you guys have any story suggestions, please email us at I'm Not Impressed Podcast. And I have created an Instagram Instagram account for us. Ooh. I'm not impressed pod. So look that up on Instagram. That's the only social media we're on right now. And maybe we'll post a, a picture of our spooky Halloween costumes. Yeah, maybe. That's a good idea. Thank you for joining us on this very haunted day. On this special Halloween episode. And we will see you again next Sunday. 
And I guess uh, we're just going to say I'm not impressed with Ronald. But yeah, I hope everyone not. has a very impressive Halloween. Goodbye! Bye.